Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Thank you, Joe. Well, um, like Joe said, my name's John. It's a real pleasure to um, be speaking with you um, this morning. Um, I've been part of this church family for like two decades. I know I don't look old enough. Um, you're thinking you joined when you were one, John. How is that possible? Um, but... Uh, yeah, what a day today. In case you missed it at the start and you've been wondering what this big tank of water right here is, um, we're going to be baptising a couple of people today. That's right. So um, we're going to be baptising Sam and Donovan. Nice to meet you, Donovan. I've not met you before. Great to be. So uh, Donovan and Sam, I'm mainly talking to you today, if that's all right. Everyone else, you can listen, and there'll be some stuff for you to think about as well. But really... Donovan, Sam, I'm talking to you. Um, if that's all right, or we can go in the other room and just have a chat, if you prefer. Okay, no, we'll stay here. We'll stay here. So um, I, was, I was thinking about what I could say to you both today. Um, and I was thinking, there's, there's lots, like this big pool of water and jumping in it and getting very gently eased into the water and lifted back out again. There's all sorts of symbolism, all sorts of things that are going on. But as I was thinking about your baptism today, I remembered that early this year, I discovered a different baptistry in a different church. Let me tell you where I was. Um, so I'm married to um, just the most incredible person I've ever met. She's called Emma. Um, she's helping in Game Changers this morning. Um, Again, you won't believe it, but earlier this year, it was Em's 40th birthday. Um, so we went away for the weekend, went down to Salisbury. It's a beautiful part of the world in Wiltshire. Um, stayed in a lovely hotel, went to Stonehenge, um, had our first sample of Michelin-starred dining. Um, that's what I heard some moves. That was, yeah, that's right. Um, and just the weather was beautiful. It was like May. There was wisteria everywhere. That will excite some of you more than others doesn't mean a lot to me, but it meant a lot to Em. Um, anyway, we were in Salisbury and we visited this place, Salisbury Cathedral, which looks extra impressive at night with all the lights on, you've got to admit. Um, so I had a really profound experience visiting this cathedral. Um, so we went in on a Friday morning. Um, actually, it was the one bit of the weekend where it was raining a little bit. So we ducked in out of the rain, came to this cathedral, and almost as soon as we entered in, we... Um, we heard this um, confusingly Australian accent. Um, a man had descended into the pulpit and said, Hey, everyone, I know you're all just visitors in this space, but this is a place of prayer. People have been praying here for 800 years. So if it's all right with you, we're going to stop and pray for everyone that's in this building right now, which is really beautiful. So we had this, like, just in this space where you could tell there was something about the atmosphere that said people have been praying here for 800 years. So we're walking around. And um, in the middle of this glorious cathedral, there is this thing. Next picture. Now, this is a baptismal font. So it looks a little bit different to ours. Just going to be honest, this one costs a little bit more. Um, and you can find that information on the internet if you would like to. Um, so it's in the middle of the nave. That's this big central bit of the church. Um, and this is a, this is a beautiful um, specially designed cross-shaped font. Um, apparently it's got kind of about three 
thousand liters of water flowing through at any one time. The top is like perfectly still, so like it reflects all the beautiful architecture and all the windows of the cathedral. But then also over these four corners, because it's shaped like a cross, out of these four corners, the water's moving all the time and circulating around. And so it's this beautiful blend of stillness and movement all at the same time. And as I was looking at this, this baptismal font around the outside, and you can see this in the next picture, there are these words from Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's my Australian friend, uh, Mark, up there. I had a lovely chat with him. He's a nice man. Anyway, I was like, that's what I want to share with you, Sam, with you, Donovan, today. In fact, I like this verse so much that we've got all of it to read together up on the screen. Well, not together. You can read it in your head and I'll read it out loud. That's all right. I have been in church where someone said, let's read this together. And then everyone just started saying it out loud. It was a really odd experience. Some of you were there. Anyway, um, Isaiah 43. It says this, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Now, these are words that the prophet Isaiah spoke to a people who were a long way from home. They'd lived in the land of Israel, but they'd been taken captive and were living in the land of Babylon. Their circumstances didn't really feel like God was with them. They probably felt like they were in those deep waters. They were walking through rivers of difficulty. They were walking through fire of oppression. But God promised to be with them. He said, don't be afraid. I've ransomed you. I've called you by name in your mind. See, these words were spoken about two and a half thousand years ago to people living in a land that was not their home. But do you know what? Over those last years, and especially over the recent centuries, as Christians have looked back at these words, they've heard Jesus speak them to themselves, to this community, to each of us in this room, but especially for you, Donovan, especially for you, Sam. They've heard Jesus speak these words to them no matter what season of life they're in. So today, guys, I want you to know that today, here and now, Jesus is with you. He's the one that made you, who ransomed you, and who calls you his own. And he promises to be with you no matter what comes at you in life. And this is the life that Jesus offers us. It's a life where he's with us. It's a life where there's still some deep waters to go through. There's still some rivers of difficulty to cross. Still some fires of oppression to face. Like Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life. But he does promise to be with us. You know, he said as much in John's Gospel. He has this very memorable 
promise. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Thanks, Jesus. And take it from me, in nearly 40 years on this earth, and look around the room at some other people that have got more than 40 years, less than 40 years of walking around this planet, and maybe have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Life isn't necessarily easy. All our problems don't go away when we say yes to Jesus. That's not what he promises us. And of course, he begins the process of transforming us from the inside out. He sends us his Holy Spirit. And life with Jesus is punctuated with beautiful moments of seeing things change, of seeing healing, of knowing his presence, of times of joy and excitement and happiness. Life is full of those things, but it's also full of hard things. There's days as a Christian when life is hard, when we feel distant from God, when we don't feel his presence, we don't hear his voice. It's because we live in a world that's broken and disordered. And a bunch of us in this room are wearing poppies and we had a minute's silence to remember the fact that wars are happening around the world and they have happened and people have died and it's literally hell on earth. We live in a world where nature and people do things that are harsh and cruel and unkind and not everything in this world is as it should be. But the Bible tells us some stories to maybe help us understand a little bit as to why life is a bit like that. On the first pages of the Bible, we get this story where God makes the world and he makes humankind in his own image. And I think the thing that the author is trying to tell us when he says that we're made in God's image and God tells these people to, to rule and reign over the earth. He says, have dominion, occupy the world, rule over it. God gives us as human beings power to choose what happens in the world around us. We're made in God's image. We're made with the spark of the divine in each of us, no matter if we've said yes to Jesus or not, that influences the world around us. Our decisions affect more than just us. So when people choose things that aren't good for them, that aren't good for others, it affects the world. It corrupts. It's more than just a personal act. And then in the next pages of the Bible, we read about... God creating two humans specially, and he puts them in the garden and says, this is your space. Look after it. But they, they, again, very, very quickly, they choose to follow their own desire rather than what God set out for them. And their choices in this story don't just impact them, they impact the very fabric of the world around them. And through the course of the Bible story, we read about people just consistently choosing the thing that is not good for them, choosing their own way instead of God's good plan for them. It's almost like this brokenness, the Bible calls it sin, this has a gravitational pull on each of us and we can't escape it no matter how hard we try. You know, this brokenness is this pervasive, all-encompassing effect on each of us and the world around us. 
And I wonder if we stop and think for a moment, we can all feel it. Or at least turn on the news and we'll feel it. Inside of us, if we're honest, as well as outside of us, there are floodwaters around us. There's a, there are fires within us. There's lots in this world that would want to separate us from God, that would want to make us feel alone. But God wasn't content just to wander off and leave us in our mess and our loneliness. Instead, he sent his son, Jesus, who was himself God as well. We call him God's son as a way to help us understand that he was really God, but there's a whole lot of conversation to get around those concepts. But enough to say that God took on flesh, became a human, and showed up in the most vulnerable possible way as a baby 2,000 years ago. He lived as one of us, grew up like any other boy, became a man, and began to tell the world what God was like and what it would be like to live if God was king. But he didn't just come to preach about the kingdom of God. He came to show it as well. He healed the sick. He welcomed the outcast and the oppressed. He challenged the systems that people had built to make themselves comfortable and separate us from them. And when he'd been doing that for about three years, his enemies plotted to kill him. And rather than fight back, Jesus let them do it. He let them kill him. He died the most brutal, horrible death imaginable, crucified on a cross, a punishment meant for rebels and renegades. And then he hung there dying with his arms spread wide to embrace the world that was rejecting him, showing us what true love looks like. And at the same time, somehow, taking the weight of all of that brokenness, all of that stuff that separates us, all of that sin, he took all of that weight upon himself and he took everything that we could ever do wrong to the grave with him and then he left it there anything that could ever separate you from God is buried in the grave is dealt with by the death of Jesus and one of the bible words for this is ransom that's what Isaiah's talking about it's like we're held captive by our sin and all of this stuff. But Jesus says, no, I've paid the price. You're free from that. You can leave it in the grave where it belongs. And you can rise again with me, Jesus says, resurrected and alive forever. See, that's one of the things we're going to remember as we baptize you today, Donovan and Sam. You're going to descend into the water like Jesus descended down into the grave, and then you're going to come back again. And all the stuff that held you back from God is down there. It's washed off. You don't have to carry that around anymore. And just like Jesus was raised back up to life, you're going to come back up out of that pool, taking those words from Isaiah literally, you will not drown. <laughs> we'll pull you back up out of the pool, and we'll remember that Jesus has raised you up to life with him. A life that isn't just for today, but it's forever. And the good news as well is that he's not quite finished, you know. 
he's coming back to complete the job. Because we still live between here and there. We still live in this world that's broken and we believe that Jesus has done everything that needs to happen to fix it. But there's still a day that's coming where he's going to make it all right. He's done all the work. The money's in the bank. He just needs to come and restore everything. In the book of Revelation, at the end of the Bible, we talked a bit about the beginning. It's the book of Genesis. The book of Revelation talks about some stuff that we believe as Christians is going to happen when Jesus comes back to make everything new. Is he going to restore everything and do away with death forever? And the Bible says that he will wipe away every tear. There'll be no mourning, no crying, and no pain. He will make all things new. But until then, we live in the middle. We live in this world with fire and flood and overwhelming waters. But he promises that he'll never leave us. That he'll never forsake us. He'll always be with us. Just revisit that promise from Jesus in John 16, 33. Because I left off the second half of it. It says, in this world you have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. He's overcome the world. Overcome all the brokenness. Overcome all the sin, all the death, all the destruction, all the chaos, all the confusion that we see outside of us and we feel inside of us. He's overcome it all by his death and his resurrection. So that even though we have troubles in this world, we can know that he is with us and it won't be like this forever. And today, Sam and Donovan, you're going to be symbolizing saying yes to this life that Jesus offers. And I'm praying for you today that when... Life gets hard. You will remember today. And you'll know that Jesus is with you, that the floods and the fires of life, they won't last. And you're not alone in them. Because the choice you're making today is a powerful one. Like I said earlier, when God made people in his own image, he made them powerful. He gave us the power to choose, to choose life with him or life on our own terms. And he lets us make that choice. He gives us what we want, he gives us what we ask for. Ultimately, if that means we choose separation from him forever, if that's what we choose, God says, okay, I respect your choice. But he's done everything that all we have to do is turn to him and say, Jesus, I want the life that you offer. I don't want to be alone in this world. I believe that what you've done means everything can be put right. When we say yes to that, God promises we'll never be alone. And Christians have been baptizing people in pools a bit like this or in rivers conveniently located in different parts of the world. Ever since Jesus was walking around Israel 2,000 years ago, we don't do it just because the Bible says to do it. I mean, that's a good enough reason to start and think about it seriously. But as Christians have reflected on what happens when we get in this pool, we believe it's, we believe it's symbolic. It's a symbol of something that's happening. We believe it's prophetic. It's declaring what's going to happen one day. 
But we also believe that it's more than just a symbol. It's more than just a sign. The fancy word for that is it's sacramental. That somehow God's grace is present with us. Somehow, in a mysterious way, Jesus makes himself known as we make this public declaration of our faith in him. Sam and Donovan, I pray that God's grace and goodness would be poured out on you, that you would know, even standing in that pool, that Jesus is present with you. And if Jesus promises to be present with us, then I wonder if there's two things we can learn to do in our everyday lives that might help us remember that even in the fire, even in the flood, he's with us. The two things are this. One is to run towards him. And the second is to not run away from him. I want to run towards Jesus. I want to choose to be present to God. I want to choose him in prayer. I want to choose to be still and welcome him, welcome his presence with me. I want to get familiar with what it feels like when Jesus is with me. I want to run towards him. I also, I don't want to run away from him. I don't want to make the choices that are opposite to his good plan for me. Because I know that my choices are powerful and that God's going to let me make them. So today, Donovan and Sam, you guys are choosing Jesus. Choosing to run towards him by jumping into that pool. Well, stepping into that pool. Don't jump, please. That's not part of the risk assessment. But these guys are choosing Jesus today. What about you? the rest of you guys that have been listening in. Maybe you're someone that's been choosing to run away. Maybe you've been making choices that you know aren't good for you. You might even call yourself a Christian. Maybe. But life doesn't look like you're running towards Jesus. It looks like you're running away. Maybe that's you today. Or maybe you've just not been choosing to run towards him. Maybe you've just been trying to get through life under your own steam. Well, I want to tell you there's a choice you can make today that Jesus would offer you new life. He'd offer you the life that says the storms, the floods, the fires can come, but you're not alone. And that one day he's coming back to get rid of all of that and you'll get to be with him forever. And if you're making that choice today, there's an opportunity. You can do something about it right now. We've got some spare towels. We've got some spare clothes. If you said yes to Jesus, but you've never taken the step of getting in a baptismal pool, of standing in front of a body of people who care about you and saying, I'm choosing Jesus, there's an opportunity to do that today. In just a few minutes, we are going to, Take a moment to, one, parents go and get your kids. <laughs> Everyone else is going to talk among themselves. I'm going to be hanging out over here, um, along with my friend Ralph and Joe as well over here. And if you're like, do you know what? Today, I've been running away from Jesus for far too long. I've been putting this off for far too long. 
there's a chance for you to join Sam and Donovan and get in the pool and be baptized. The water's quite warm, actually, so today would be a good day to do it. Um, but before we do that, I just want to pray for you for a moment, and then Joe's going to come and tell us what's happening next. All right. You might find it helpful to close your eyes and hold your hands out. Jesus, I confess that in my life, I've run away from you sometimes. I don't want to do that anymore. I turn to you, Jesus. Would you forgive me? I'm sorry. Would you take the weight of all of the stuff that I've done, that others have done to me, that separates me from you, and would you put it in the grave where it belongs so that I could know that you are with me. I could feel your presence close by me and that I could run towards you. Jesus, I say yes to the life that you offer. A life that no matter what storms, what floods, what fires come, is held secure in the palm of your hands. Because you have redeemed me. You know me by my name. And you will never leave me. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless and see you soon.